Welcome. It is the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. Strap in. It's a whole hour talking nothing but Boilermaker and Big Ten Hoops. I'm your host, Jared Jessalitis. Over there is Jeff Julik, and uh, we're just excited here to have great guests like Alan Carpagon here in a little bit. And uh, we're just going to uh, let's just talk about the uh, Big Ten leading Purdue Boilermakers, the number one team in the country, coming home with another victory last night, 87 to 73. Over Iowa, you, you had some palpitations there over the uh, over the full court press at times. Yes, I get it. Uh, maybe not too happy with some of the officiating. Yes, I understand it. But still, coming away with a uh, let me do the math here. Carry the three. That was a fourteen point win. Still, Jeff, that's impressive. And I'm trying not to complain too much about it. But again, I understand some folks were not happy with the officiating. I will say this: I I. I when you complain about the our guys getting roughed up a little bit, I'm okay with the no calls as long as the no call started in the first when the game tipped off and you're calling it the same way both ways all the way to the end. You can adapt to the game. I'm okay with that. Looking it's, for that consistency. Yeah, I, that's what I need. I don't, if you call it tight, I'm cool with that too. I just want it called tight the entire way at the same time. Don't mess around with it. Uh, but when you let it go loose a little bit like that, the tendency in a lot of games will be that it starts to get a little out of hand, and then you got to tighten the screws there around 10 minutes in the second, uh, and then all of a sudden you've thrown the game kind of out of balance. And I, I hate when that happens because, you know, it's getting too physical and you, you just don't want, I don't know, you don't want a player to come over and then chest bump somebody because then you'd have to give them a, like a technical uh, and you just you just don't want to do that in no, front of a no, home no, crowd no, for no, a home no. player. That would be that would be unethical. <laughs> yeah, you you just definitely be. don't want to do that. No, you want to let that stuff no. slide as much as you possibly can. <laughs> just that's a hypothetical anyway. Hypothet- but, yeah. But Purdue comes away with an A seven seventy three win. Great night for uh, Braden Smith, uh, where uh, he just goes off. A guy that uh, had been struggling to shoot the basketball. Uh, I theorized yesterday on the show, which you didn't listen to, you admitted, thanks a lot for the yeah, support, well, you know. that uh, that was going to be the guy that they cut loose, right? If you're going to double-team Edie, you got to cut one of these guys on the perimeter loose. Why not cut the loose the guy that uh, hasn't been shooting the ball terribly well? And, well, that did not work out too well for Fran. Yeah, and how, uh, how about Matt uh, Painter with the fist bump after he uh, makes that three? I mean, he's just been begging Braden to take more shots. And, and you know, great start by the guards last night. Lawyer, Smith, uh Morton, they all had big buckets to start that game, and you You're know, gonna say they had big butts, and you cannot buckets, lie. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, and that was so key to get off to, to a great start for this team, and and you know, and don't forget that that high banking shot that that Braden had the end of the first half. I mean, that took some serious momentum in the locker room for the Boilermakers there as they had that 17 point lead at halftime. So you know. Love to see that young man play, and and you know we are so fortunate to uh, to have uh, these freshman guards play as well as they do, and uh, you know they're, they're setting the Boilermakers up for great things this season. Iowa looked ill prepared for it at times, and I feel like it took Purdue a little bit to figure it out that all of a sudden you could drive on Iowa. I don't think they were expecting that. They really seemed to think that they were going to double Zach. Zach was going to pass out of that, and then you were going to have to deal with a perimeter shot. But Braden figured it out that I can take that. Instead of taking that three or taking that long red jumper, I just drive it on in here. And they just did not look like they were prepared for anybody else to slide over um, when they were doubling Zach. And he really made them pay. Well, you know, Matt Painter made the the point earlier in the season about a high state, and that is when you get teams that are not used to double teaming, 
the rotation becomes really bad. And I think you saw that last night with Iowa. Their rotation was not good, and it did open up some opportunities for the guards to drive. And Fletcher Lawyer, you know, he got off to a good start, but then he started missing some threes. So what Fletch do? He started driving to the basket. So And he had those opportunities that you just mentioned. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. They they had the opportunities. They took advantage of it. And, uh, you know, they played a, a really solid game. And and thing that well, I was fascinated with, uh, 68 points there at one point. Purdue has scored 68 points, and Zach Eady has scored four of them. And, you know, you get this this – narrative across the Big Ten that produces a one the country that produces this one man team. And obviously Zach doesn't uh, affect everything, especially defensively. But you know, when they put up sixty four points and Zach has four, this team can score at so many different positions and you saw that last night. Well two things about that and you know I, I talked about it last hour in my show here. Um in in their defense and that argument, uh Zach does set them up really, really well when absolutely. he takes the double team, right? Yep, absolutely. So so he, you know, without him being him, you don't have the poor rotations that set up the drives, that set up the threes for guys like Gillis, guys like Lawyer, guys like Braden Smith. Secondly, and again, I want to get your opinion on this because I talked about this uh, on the uh, Hammer Down show a little bit, is I feel like Zach... I want to see him get a little bit more aggressive with the shot, get a little bit quicker to that. You know, at times in the Indiana game, they would come over and they would double. And he did this again last night, too, where they were struggling for a shot here. You know, they they were turning the ball over. We needed points. What did he do? He set up right in the middle of the paint, got that ball at a quick little one step and did it. But I felt like too many times he was anticipating the double team, so he gets the ball, waits for the double team to come over, and then he, you know, the, the the thought of the shot never entered his mind that he was going to go ahead and kick it back out and, and let the guards do. And maybe that's what Matt Painter is instructed him to do. But at the same time, I'm like, listen, maybe if you got a chance to go ahead and take that shot, uh, this team is so bad at defending around the rim. It's, did the numbers on the show yesterday and like the the low 200s in defending around the rim in, in the country uh, go to it because you got the size if you can do that little one you know one little uh shoulder you know move and and get to the hook shot let's put it in there let's do that let's not wait for the double team because i feel like you know trouble can come that way because you're either going to get into a bad pass which he did a couple times last night right because yep. uh the, the hands come up now all of a sudden you're looking for that pass and that guy you thought you're going to that lane is shut down um, so yeah, I, I wanted to see him get a little bit more aggressive and maybe a little more of a shoot first mentality at times. I don't know what you thought about that. Well, I think one of the issues is Zach's just such a patient player. I mean, he, he takes what they give you and I think he really enjoys getting those passes out for those opening threes and, and they drain those threes. And so, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, you just wonder maybe sometimes he could just go quickly and uh, make his move. And, but then, you know, when, when Iowa got it down to six, Zach said, okay, enough, enough. You know, exactly. He, then he gets he, into he that. Takes you know what the, I mean? We stop messing jumper, around with that. He makes the move and does that monster dunk that just that just energized the Mackey crowd. And then next thing you know, he's, a, he's at the free throw line shooting free throws on a one-on-one. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. The, those things happen uh, with Zach, but, uh, you know, he just affects. And you saw what happened when he came out last night. You know, Trey Kaufman Rent's playing well, but – but I would start taking. He wasn't the getting a call. He was getting oh, mauled yeah, yeah. too. And he was, and you could, yeah, he flashed sure. a couple of looks. And I just, I hate when kids do that because I, it subconsciously in those refs' minds, I really feel like that they will hold that against you a little bit. I, I really do. Like if they're in a fifty-fifty situation, they'll remember who you are and they'll remember that look, and they'll be like, you know what? 
nah, never mind. I, yeah. I honestly think that there's a little bit of that, subconsciously maybe. Sure. Uh, it's not an intentional thing like, oh, you weren't happy with the last one? Guess what? I'm not going to give you the next one. I don't think that they do that, but I think if it's a 50-50 subconsciously, they don't get into it. But yeah, he was, I mean, he was attacked. I understand his frustration last night, but. And it's amazing dang. what you see in opposing teams. As soon as Zach Eady comes out, it's just like their, their faces light up, like, oh, we can score now. And they start taking the ball to the hole. They start getting rebounds. They start doing all these things because the, the big man's no longer in there. And then, you know, Matt had enough of that. And next thing you know, Zach's back in there because he just affects the game so much in, in the post. And. And, uh, you know, he sets his team uh, teammates up so well. And uh, I tell you what, no doubt about it, th- this young man's a National Player of the Year just because of how he impacts his Purdue basketball team. He's National Player of the Year. He's Big Ten Player of the Year. And there's even a small push that maybe he's the Defensive Player of the Year as well <laughs> he could for be. exactly what he does. Yeah. Um, and he might be the nation's most improved player on top of that. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's, uh, it's insane what you could probably argue here. Uh, for Zach Eady in the uh, in the trophy list, it's it's going to come. But uh, boy, uh, again, another great performance. The the points aren't there, and I mean Vegas really Vegas had like twenty five and a half points last night. I mean they really thought this was going to be an interior thing, and um, you know nobody expected uh, Braden Smith to, to come out and and fire like he does with a uh, career high. Great uh, performance out of him. They said Fletch had a, a quiet 17. Look, Kayla First had a double-double. We're not even – we haven't gotten down to Kayla First well, yet. Well, we haven't even talked about our four spot. I mean, 21 points and 14 rebounds out of out of Caleb and Mason. I mean, you know, just an incredible performance by that four. And if you can get that every game and Purdue keeps hitting those threes like they are from Mason and, and Caleb, boy, they're a tough team to beat. All right, we're going to take a break. Alan Carpet, GoldenBlack.com. He's going to be our guest next. We'll get his thoughts here. When we come back, you're listening to the Boiler Basketball Show. 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Welcome back. It is the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Over to the Blue Fox Heating, Cooling, Hammerhead Hotline we go. And our good buddy Alan Carp at GoldenBlack.com is on with us here. A tremendous website for every Purdue fan. If you're not reading it, uh, uh, I hate to say it, but you're probably just not a good Purdue fan. <laughs> you're probably pretty uninformed. Uh, everybody over there does such a great job. Um, you know, Alan does a great job. Uh, Brian Newbert, we can't wait for a speedy recovery from him. Mike Carmen over there as well. Our buddy Tom Deanhart, uh, always on the inside of everything you need to know. So make sure you go pick up a subscription. Alan, great to talk with you here. Uh, a rough Saturday last week, but uh, you come out and you rebound last night against Iowa. Although uh, I think fans uh, had a few palpitations there with that uh, with that press at times, maybe the officiating, but most importantly, you go out there, you get a double-digit win at home against Iowa, and uh, that magic number starts to shrink even more here. Uh, a good performance here out of the Boilermakers last night. Right. I mean, I, I think you have to give Iowa some credit to, in terms of what it did. Uh, it wore Braden Smith out, and that you know that can be a concern for Purdue. Um, if you look at the way that game played out, Braden Smith handled the press for 30 minutes almost flawlessly, and then Iowa did what it does. And uh, you know, so it, the good thing for Purdue is it gives you something else to focus on and work on. Purdue is not a finished product; we all know that, but it's a darn good product. I mean, when you look at the way not only Braden Smith played, but the way Caleb First played, the way that it, again. You know, Zach Eady had a relatively pedestrian game, if you can if you can call a uh, another double double uh, pedestrian game. But uh, all good things against what I think is a very good basketball team in Iowa, certainly offensively, and to hold them to 21 points in the first half uh, is really really impressive. And then how strange is it that uh, 
they score, what, 52 in the second. But, uh, again, a good win for Purdue. You know, Braden Smith, just absolutely special last night, not only with the 24 points, but some of those uh, those early press breaks that he just basically, you know, going against the six foot nine McCafferty and just uh, wheeling and dealing and, and breaking the press by himself. And you are correct, though. He was wore out. There was a couple times where he uh, put the fist up to – to have somebody try to come in to substitute for him. But just just how good was uh, Braden last night uh, against the Hawkeyes? Well, and I would say, Jeff, that that's also quite telling because the last thing Braden Smith ever wants to do is come out of a basketball game. Now, he has great respect for David Jenkins Jr. and the role that he plays, and they're both each other's biggest fans, I think, in a lot of ways. But, uh, yeah, that uh, you know to, to be able to run the way he runs, and we've seen that a time or two because he was doing it so much – by his by himself, but I thought, you know, Matt Painter talked about uh, in post game about pumping his fist when Smith made his first three and shooting the basketball. They want him to shoot more, and that doesn't always present itself because it's so much dependent on what teams do defensively and how they want to defend Zach Eady. If Zach Eady's open all day long, uh, you're gonna you're gonna drive the ball in, into him, but. You want him, you know, obviously Smith struggled shooting the ball at Indiana, though he still had a really pretty good game, uh, even though despite the last-minute turnover, uh, you know, at least a good floor game. So this is just a kid that's truly special. I said it. Uh, no, I did not. I, I'm the last person to claim that I found this guy because I certainly didn't. I think Brian Newbert did as much as any, at least in terms of a media standpoint, because he's been watching him play for the last couple of years. But, this is a guy that just is the best point guard that's played at Purdue. Uh, uh, at least dating back to my old timers with Bruce Parkinson and, and maybe Billy Keller. This guy is just that good. And, and he's now two thirds of his way through his first season. Uh, he's just, uh, he is so unique. And yes, he does make mistakes. They all do. But uh, this guy could just dominate. And he took over a basketball game in the first half. And when Purdue needed to get its cushion, that's when it got it. So even though the second half did get a little anxiety-provoking if you're a Purdue fan, uh, that cushion that was built in the first half delivered Purdue to a 14-point to a win. And, and I know that you guys are huge gamblers. Oh, yeah. My gosh, you know, <laughs> why I love Purdue fans that are national some, and there aren't many. Uh, Purdue covered the spread by six and a half points last night. With Courtney recall. Green so, on the court, too, that, Alan. That's amazing. That's amazing. Right there, yeah. Yeah. that's amazing. So, I mean, uh, you know, and, and again, we're not, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of all that. But my point is, I am a big fan of the line. I'm always interested in what they, what they put together. But my point is, this is a good basketball team. And, a, and, a, and, a, and a, my gosh, a great night of basketball in Mackey Arena. Great crowd. And all these things add up to a team that uh, is in A position. Uh, like I said, their magic number continues. Jared said the magic number continues to shrink, and uh, Purdue's got to clinch. Uh, I can't see scenarios uh, where Purdue doesn't see, uh, short of a loss on Sunday at Northwestern. I, I think if you win that game, uh, you're not you're not going to even share the Big Ten championship. You're going to win the thing outright, and uh, that would be a tremendous plum for Matt Painter, that 25th Big Ten championship for Purdue. We're talking with confirmed non-degenerate gambler Alan Carper from GoldenBlack.com <laughs> yeah, here you. on our uh, Hammerhead Hotline. Um, Alan, uh, is there a more underappreciated player on this team right now than Caleb First? And it's not that we don't appreciate him, it's just that any time that he has a good performance here, it seems like we're talking about something else. You know, In, in this case against Iowa, it's uh, Brayden Smith kind of coming out of his shell a little bit. I mean, Fletcher Lawyer had 17, and uh, I don't know that we're really talking about it, but... Uh, you know, eleven and ten out of Caleb first. 
the guy's just, all, I mean, he's always in the right place, it seems like, at the right time, coming up with the right board that you need. Uh, gets a couple of amazing dunks on a couple of back cuts during the game. Just just, just solid all around. I, I feel like we uh, we need to give him his flowers uh, a little bit more often. We're not doing that because there's always somebody else that does something pretty amazing. Well, to me, he's the epitomizes what the team is kind of about. But he's not played poorly, really, in many games. He's not had numbers in other games. And he's had situational games where he's not played as many minutes because whether it be Mason Gillis or and not that they're exactly playing the same spot, but uh, uh, other guys are doing big things in the game uh, uh, that limit his minutes. But uh, he's been delivering really consistent play. Uh, he obviously is become he is an excellent offensive rebounder, and I think that that's really produced key. Uh, not only for the rest of the Big Ten season, but also in the NCAA tournament, is to continue to be able to dominate the offensive boards. And they can do that like few teams in the country. And there really are any teams in the country that can't. And I think that that really gives you a insurance policy against, against poor shooting nights. It, at least it's certainly going to help. And I, I think that that's what's been so amazing about first. He just gives, gives great effort. Uh, he does it quietly. He does, you know, he's one of the best three-point shooters in, in the Big Ten with respect to percentage. Uh, he had another big three yesterday when pretty really, you know, you need all threes but kind of stretched out the lead. Uh, he's just a really good basketball player. And I'm going to say that uh, uh, to just about everybody else that steps on the court in Purdue's rotation right now. Can can we? I like what Alan said here, Jeff. Can we call him the insurance policy? Because that's an <laughs> awesome nickname. I know you're going to go ahead and endorse that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, you know, and, and, and it's unfair in some ways because he does start. So he's he is a guy that uh, he just is a guy that just plays. And if you put him on a lot of different basketball teams, he'd be a thirteen and nine guy. I mean, he just would. Uh, and he's not uh, with Purdue because he doesn't get uh, that much playing time, but. Uh, He's a guy, too, that I think has got some NBA potential, and uh, I know we're a long way away from that. But uh, he's, he's got great size. He can shoot the basketball. We've, we've yet to fully see that because he hasn't had to do it and very often. But when he does, it's such a dagger. If you think of some of the shots he's hit, hit this year, you can go back to last year, the three he hit it was against uh, Villanova and the uh, in the tournament at the Mohegan Sun, I believe it was against Villanova. It might have been against Carolina. But my point is, he's a guy that knows, can play in the big moment, uh, has shown he can do that. And, uh, yeah, I'm with you, uh, Jared. I'm glad that uh, he did have a, a shining performance statistically last night uh, in the win over Iowa. Okay, so, Alan, with wins at Michigan State, at IU, at Wisconsin, at Ohio State, and home with Illinois, could we argue that Northwestern might be the most difficult team left on uh, Purdue's schedule? Not to mention Jared's been on this team's bandwagon since uh, since Thanksgiving. But, uh, you know, this looks like a very, very tough game the Boilermakers are going to have on Sunday. I, I would agree. Uh, I, I can't I can't when you have Indiana still coming coming to back the arena and Illinois coming to back the arena. It doesn't uh, – doesn't make sense, but that's but I but they both it's lost to Northwestern. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. And and I think uh, uh, we just did an interview with Dave Wood for our coach's corner segment, and we talked about the fact that the most important numbers for Northwestern are this: they lose by double digits at home to Ohio State six weeks ago, and they go win on the road in at Ohio State uh, last uh, last night. That to me shows a team that is learning. 
and you know it was it was so much talk about the two, two guys that transferred out and where this team has been with Ryan Young, et cetera. But this is a team that uh, uh, is well coached. They have guards that can get low, you know, Boo Booey, we've pretty seen it firsthand, can get it going and can cause some problems. Uh, uh, I, I like Purdue's chances to stabilize things and, and get the job done there. But I, I think it'll be a tough game. I would be surprised if it's not. Uh, and, again, Northwestern, like you said, they've gone, they've proven – gone to Michigan State. They did something Purdue couldn't do, going to win at Indiana in the way they did. They're absolutely an NCAA tournament. It'll be Chris Collins' second NCAA tournament, barring anything crazy down the stretch. And for a guy that uh, they were starting to really question things at Northwestern uh, for a while, they really questioned them after Ohio State destroyed them earlier in the year. You know, is this team really going to be able to compete against the Big Ten in the Big Ten? Well, it has. And uh, to their credit, uh, they, they have really done a great job I just don't know if they're good enough athletically if Purdue just keeps its feet set. But uh, but I think I'm probably doing the same thing that a lot of other teams have done. I'm underestimating them, and uh, that's a dangerous thing if you're Purdue. Alan Carpet, GoldenBlack.com here on our uh, Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Again, get yourself a subscription. Uh, it's just so tremendous, especially heading into spring football season. You're going to want to know more about that team and when the portal opens back up and all that good stuff. Tom's doing a great job of covering that. And, of course, uh, all the way through basketball season, you'll want to know. Hey, Alan, always appreciate the time. Always great info, and it's always fun talking football or uh, basketball. Well, it is fun on a Friday, too, talking football with you when we do get the chance. Well, we can talk about uh, George Kalafis in the Super Bowl, but we, you, you got to show it around. But, hey, guys, thanks so much. A lot, lot of fun to, to always be part. And uh, you know what? When you win 23 or 25 games and, you're, and the team that you're involved with is, is, is on the 23 side of that number, it's always fun to talk. It is 100% correct. Alan Carpey, everybody. Thanks, Alan. All right, we're going to take a little break here. When we come back, Jeff just said something here about this Northwestern game, and he gave me props for being on this team since before Thanksgiving, but I disagree with something that he said. All right? Let's get Uh-oh, it. that's a first. So, so here's what we're going to do. We're take a little break. <laughs> we're going to come back here. Let's look at let, – let's. we know what the magic number is right now for Purdue. Let's take a look at this upcoming schedule. Jeff wanted to know who the toughest team remaining for Purdue is. Uh, we need to put some things in perspective, though. So we're going to talk about that. That's coming up next here on the Boiler Basketball Show on 101.7 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. Welcome back. It is the Boiler Basketball Show on 101.7 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. I am Jared Jesselitis over there. That is Jeff Julik in a nice little vintage Purdue sweater. What, 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 look at that thing. Yeah, the old uh, Block P from the uh, from the old days. So, yep. yep, old days. The old days. Old yep. days. Okay, all right. No, no grays over here, that's for sure. That's how old this thing is. All right, so, uh, look, we just got done talking with Alan, and um, you hit on something that I kind of wanted to come back here to. So Purdue at 12-2, and two, they, they have six games remaining in the Big Ten. They own a three-and-a-half game lead over Northwestern, Indiana, Rutgers, and Michigan. So that makes the magic number uh, still what? We're down to three now? Three, I believe, yes. Okay, to at least get a share of it. Yeah. Um, and you had theorized that Northwestern – would be the toughest opponent left. You have at Northwestern, at Maryland, at home against Ohio State, at home against Indiana, at Wisconsin, and at home against Illinois. And um, for as much as I am in on Northwestern, uh, and they play Sunday, you know, I've talked this team up. I think they play uh, tremendous defense, uh, which is what I like about them. They will uh, uh, definitely 
wear you down in a place like Welsh Ryan. I, I mean, it just, it happens. But in this matchup, I don't know that I am necessarily on board with them. They're 29th in adjusted defense, a slow team on offense, 277 in, uh, in, in that tempo. They are battle-tested uh, with their uh, 53rd ranking in the strength of schedule. 17-7, and seven. they're going to make the tournament, it looks like, uh, as well. But the thing with Northwestern is, I feel like, Jeff, they're a lot like Rutgers, right? So they're going to have that great, they, they got some athletic guards, I think, that are going to pressure Fletcher and, and Braden. But I, they're, they're much weaker. they got a seven-footer in, in the paint and everything, but I still feel like that's a whole lot weaker, weaker than having, like, a, a cliff down there. You know, I'm already... Guy's a beast, you yes, know, absolutely. a big physical kind of guy that can play here. I just don't know that Northwestern's got the experience and what they need athletically on the inside here. And I think that's where Purdue ends up running away with this one on Sunday. And I agree. And I don't think that that is the toughest game. I just wanted to throw that out there because they have had some impressive road victories, not to mention, uh, you know, beating Illinois at home. But, you know, and when they lose, they lose. I mean, they, they were blown out by, what, 17 points at home with Michigan. They lost by 15 points or so at Iowa. So, you know, they've had some some big, big losses. So, you know, this will be a game, and it, the game is, is sold out. So, you know, they're anticipating the number one team in the country coming to town. So it'll be interesting. And, and not to mention, uh, you know, Brooke Barnheiser, 19 points last night. Uh, Love to see it. Love yeah, to see the local kid doing it. The Lafayette uh, Jeff uh, star and – you know, and that big victory as they went into Columbus and, and beat Ohio State and, and sent the Buckeyes to the fifth straight loss. But, yeah, you know, uh, it'll be an interesting game on Sunday. But I think when you look at our toughest game, uh, without a doubt, I think it's it, it's it's going to have to be either at Maryland or, or, or home with IU. But, you know, the Boilers are in such great position, as we, as we talked about. You know, if, if they get that win on Sunday, they pretty much have wrapped up the Big Ten. Not officially, but, uh, you know, they're going to be in a position where they uh, – they can uh, clinch that number one seed in the Big Ten tournament. We speculated last week about how long that might take. And, and of course, there's some, with it being so much of a log jam at two, where you've got uh, four teams, you know, at eight and five, there, there's scenarios. I know there's a lot of scenarios you got to run for this kind of the stuff to happen here. But it does get me thinking, you know, what is the, the toughest? Well, first off, let me go, before we get to that, I do want to make another point about Northwestern here, too, is uh, the formula, I think, to beating Purdue is you got to have the good full court pressure that you're going to have to run. I think you got to have some physical guard play. Uh, and then you have to you, you have to double Zach. That, that's that's the formula here. But then on offense, you have to be a team that is good at two point jumpers. Uh, you're just teams are not really getting to the rim very much. And, and that's what Zach does. Um, and that forces you know you to have to pull up here. So teams that have a good field goal percentage in the two point range is that's something that scares me. But you want to know who is sitting all the way at the bottom a uh, team field goal percentage in the Big Ten right now? Let me guess, the Wildcats. It is the Wildcats here. So that's where you know I uh, yeah I just I don't I don't see it right now. You Not know mention, I don't see it on Sunday. That, that pull up jumper is a lost start in college basketball. So you know and that's what Purdue gives you. So. You know, how brilliant is that? A thing that people don't do very often and obviously not very successful at it. That's what Purdue seems to want to give up because nobody wants to take the ball at Zach Eady because, you know, what, he have five blocks last night and he just controls that. He plays his own one man's zone back there, and it's impressive to watch. So, I mean, they have to – 
I, there's no doubt in my mind Northwestern has to keep Purdue under at least 65 points. And that's close to impossible for most teams. And not to mention Purdue's defense. You know, I, I realize they, they gave up a 50-point half last night, but what they what Iowa have, 22 points at halftime? So, I mean, I, I called thirteen. Know. I called 13 rebounds on the show yesterday for Zach yeah. Eady, <laughs> and he was sitting at like 10 or 11, and I'm like, we're not going to get there because nobody's going to miss another shot. <laughs> It was insane. But it happened. It happened. But it happens. But now that brings us to, okay, if it's not Northwestern, it's what's the toughest remaining game for Purdue? Is it at Maryland? Is it at home against Ohio State? Is it home against Indiana? Is it at Wisconsin? Or is it uh, at home against Illinois? So you're going to cross Northwestern off. I think you got to cross Wisconsin off. They just yep. don't score. Cross Ohio State off. Uh, you cross Ohio State off, although they, you know, with Zed Key back maybe, but boy, they're, they're just, uh, they're listless. Yeah, they're I mean, real listless yeah. right there. So that leaves us with at Maryland, at home against Indiana, or uh, at home against Illinois. You could maybe argue Illinois. Uh, you know, I use just a completely different team when they get on the road, and we'll see how they fare the next five games because four of their next five games are on the road, and, and they are tough teams. And, you know, it'll be interesting. I mean, you just never know what's going to happen as far as um, – you know, what these teams are going to be like. Because right now, an interesting situation here, I was looking at this, you know, the Big Ten tournament, they set it up so the number one seed plays the 8-9 because they want the number one seed to have the easiest path. Well, right now, the 8-9 seed in the Big Ten tournament, if it started a day, would be one game out of second place. And you would be playing either Iowa or Michigan State. I mean, this log jam from... From number from number two through nine, actually two through ten is just absolutely insane right now. And and I realize they're going to start playing each other a little bit more, and that log jam should break up a little bit. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's very interesting. Uh, everyone is just beating everybody up, except no one's beating up Purdue, and that's fantastic. So you're going to go with the Indiana game. I no, I'm going to go Illinois. Illinois. You're going to go with the Illinois. Yeah. I look if the Illinois game was in Champaign, I would say yes, Illinois. Yeah, but I kind of have to go with Maryland. I, I just do. That That's was a, a game. One. There's a lot yeah. of animosity uh, in that uh, win for Purdue uh, at home here a couple of weeks ago. Um, it, it just It's a team that screaming, hey, we're ready for some payback here. And, you know, the underlying metrics for Maryland uh, are pretty good. You know, they're 40th in uh, adjusted defense, which is uh, higher than uh, Illinois at 51. Uh, the adjusted offense at 24, Illinois at 18. So uh, they're really comparable here. But the fact that you're going to take that road trip and uh, have to go out to, uh, to to Maryland. That's what that's what makes me a little bit nervous because they got so close last time. They clearly feel like that they can hang with this team. And now uh, Purdue will have to go into hostile territory to uh, to defend that title. Uh, another and they're thing, a much better team at home. Absolutely. And another thing that uh, worries me here is you get that win against uh, Northwestern here on Sunday. You're not playing that Maryland game until what Thursday? I think it is. Yeah, that's correct. Thursday okay. six thirty. So there's a very real scenario here that you could be going into that Maryland game going, hey, if you get the win, then there is a share of the Big Ten on the line in that game. And as anybody's watched playoff hockey knows, getting getting that last win, getting that fourth win is always the hard <laughs> one. Doesn't matter if you're up 3-0. Getting the fourth one is always the hardest one. And uh, that adds a little bit of pressure there. That's why I think the Maryland game becomes the tough one right there. Um, you know, no disrespect to Indiana or Illinois, but you do have the Mackey crowd at your back just in case. You want to talk about the insurance policy. That's always the insurance <laughs> yeah, policy sure. is the paint was, crew and, uh, special last night. and, and Mackey. So uh, I, I think you, you got to just talk about going on the road here 
And uh, yeah, Welsh Ryan will be a little bit tough, but I don't think it's uh, going to be as tough as Maryland or as tough as, uh, you know, uh, it's not going to be as tough as Maryland uh, and certainly Wisconsin and its uh, inability to score much like uh, Northwestern. I don't think is going to be as big of a, a problem. Uh, I, I think the Indiana game is going to be tough in some sense, but uh, in Mac Arena, uh, things are changed, like you pointed out. They're just—they're not the same team away from Assembly Hall. And Maryland has a very, very easy schedule after the Boilermakers. I mean, they—they they have Nebraska, Minnesota, Northwestern, Ohio State, and and Penn State. So, but they're sitting I, at seven and six, and they're kind of out—they're out of the conversation. Yeah. yeah. Especially with a win, Purdue has definitely put them out of the conversation. Absolutely, and you have to run into them again. But uh, that uh, you know, we got to talking about that. That was my thoughts on that, and I thought, hey, you know, why don't we discuss that a little bit there? On uh, who was the toughest remaining uh, team? We're going to take uh, one final break. We'll look at this week's uh, lineup here in the Big Ten. Uh, who was playing? Who? What the standings look like? And what do we expect in games we need to watch? That's coming up next. This is the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017 thehammercom Welcome back. It is the Boiler Basketball Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017 thehammercom With Jared Jessalitis over there, that is uh, Jeff Julik, and uh, we're spending the whole hour just talking Boilermaker in Big Ten hoops. And now, Jeff, it's the uh, time of the show where we like to go through the standings and then go through the schedule, take a look at what's on tap for us this week, games to watch, uh, maybe some small predictions here and there. Uh, let's go to the standings where Purdue is dominating at 12-2, and two, six games remaining in the Big Ten for them. And they have a three and a half game lead over four different teams. That would be an eight and five Northwestern, eight and five Indiana, eight and five Rutgers, and eight and five Michigan. You follow that up with seven and five Illinois, four games back. At seven and six, you have Maryland, Michigan State, and Iowa. They are four and a half games behind. Wisconsin at six and seven, just five and a half games out. Penn State at five and eight feels like this should be higher. They're just fourteen and ten overall. Remember how high we were on Penn State, and then yeah, we realized that they can't defend on the interior against tough loss anybody. With Wisconsin the night in overtime. Yeah, they can. Uh, they can definitely shoot the lights out uh, at Bryce Jordan, but uh, other than that, it's uh, they're turning the lights out. Nebraska four and ten. Ohio State at three and ten. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, gee whiz. Any uglier and. I might kick him out of the Big Ten here. <laughs> Terrible. And Minnesota with their uh, one win. Can you name a Minnesota's one Big Ten win? They're one and Absolutely. 11. They went into Columbus and beat the Buckeyes. There you go. All right. Oh. We got you. So that is the Big Ten standings as of right now. Like we said, Purdue with uh, just, uh, what, uh, six games remaining here. And uh, the magic number is uh, technically, what, three, I guess? I think so. But an interesting point of all those teams you mentioned in second place, They've only played 13 games, so they all have seven games remaining where the Boilermakers uh, only have, uh, what, uh, six games left? Yeah, so, so. you got to get to – I mean, you got to get to that uh, 17 with the three to still do it, and right now you're at the 14, so you need those three wins here. The nice thing is that uh, Purdue still has Northwestern on the schedule on Sunday, still have Indiana on the schedule, do not have Rutgers, uh, do not have Michigan – but uh, a lot of these teams all do have to play each other as yeah, well. So mathematically, that, there's going to be some losses. We're there. saying it's three here, but you're going to get some help next week yeah, at one absolutely. point. You're definitely going to get some help next week. So let's talk about that a little bit, Jeff. Uh, there is no Big Ten basketball tonight. There's no Friday, Monday stuff of shenanigans. I know, it is. I totally agree. Who's scheduling this stuff? What else is going on on a Friday night? Well, a little bit of high school hoops here, but yeah, I know uh, you got yeah. that. But come on now, and that's about on the it. TV here. Yeah. So my son is not going to sleep because he's teething. I got to have something to watch <laughs> exactly. here. Ugh, I've been watching like the Pac-12. Ugh. All right. 
Uh, let's take a look at Saturday, though. Let's get up early there at noon. Big Ten Network. It's Penn State at Maryland. Uh, that at uh, the Xfinity Center, and uh, you're pulling for Penn State here a little bit, I right? I am, and is that a trap game for Maryland? Because Maryland uh, hosts the uh, Boilermakers on Thursday, so uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Penn State goes in there and gives them a really good game. Uh, over at 2 o'clock, Fox Sports 1, here's a good one. Rutgers will travel to Illinois. It's uh, Rutgers who... You know, not as good on the road versus Illinois, who just decides whether or not they're going to be good before they even walk into the exactly. arena. Exactly, and and we talked about those teams in second place. Well, there's a loss coming to one of those two teams in second place. So there you go. Uh, well, Illinois is four games back, right? Technically, yeah, they're four games back. Yeah, yeah. But Rutgers is yeah. You would like Illinois to do you a little bit of favor and kind of take those out. I mean, we should really stress here that if you're Northwestern, Indiana, Rutgers, or Michigan, you really just cannot afford another. You just can't afford another loss. Yeah, and back to your point, Illinois is tied with uh, with Rutgers in the loss column with five losses. So, so, so we'll there see. you go. So that would be uh, that'll help some. Help that would help out tremendously. Wisconsin at Nebraska, the four o'clock game on Big Ten Network. If uh, you uh, love low scoring and uh, not a lot of, you know, I shouldn't say that. Nebraska has quite possibly the most entertaining player in the Big Ten. They do, number 30. Oh, God, that kid can (laughs) – he's so good. I don't know what it is, but I love rooting for that kid. Uh, Tommy Dog, he can can light him up. And, boy, you know, he's hitting shots the other night uh, that were almost half-court shots. He's got the headband on. He's got no fear. I love it. Uh, I love it. Six o'clock, a big one of consequence here for that – Number two seed in the Big Ten tournament, Indiana is at Michigan, up in Chrysler Center, and in a battle of two good big men in Hunter Dickinson and Trace Jackson Davis. It might be a pose-off at one point, but we'll see. And there's your two teams with five losses, and this will be a tough game for the Hoosiers. For for one, they have not played well in their last three road, their last two road games. They struggled uh, at Minnesota, could have easily lost that game. They uh, lost at Maryland. And Hunter Dickinson's a tight. He has always had big games against uh, against Davis, and you know he he's got the the, the athleticism and the size that gives Davis uh, a lot of fits. And and Michigan can score the basketball, especially at home. So uh, this will be a really tough game for Indiana to uh, you know. And you got to wonder if they're going to have an emotional letdown after coming off those two big victories at home that they had last week. So you know I wouldn't be surprised if the uh, Wolverines win this basketball game. Uh, I took them because I just I'm not a believer in them away from uh, Assembly Hall. That's the way it is. But uh, you talked about that. I want to. I'll crunch the numbers here real quick for you here against uh, uh, against Trace Jackson, Davis, Hunter Dickinson uh, last year in the Big Ten tournament, 15 and five, but they lost that game, 74 to 69. Uh, in the regular season at Assembly Hall, 25 and nine, they only played them uh, those two times last year. Uh, you go back to the 2021 season and uh, against uh, Trace Jackson Davis, 13 and seven for Hunter Dickinson at the game at Assembly Hall, and uh, they just don't play these guys more than one time a year. Apparently, that's the way that it works. So, <laughs> and, and don't forget, Shafina Hood shooting 23 percent uh, on the road. So, uh, you said layup you know, he had the other night. Oh yeah, boy, I mean, yeah, behind the back, nice, chalking up. That's a YMCA Jared Jessalina special right and he there. He makes that in Assembly Hall, but he misses it on the road. So, you know, that's this how it been been for that young man this year. All right, let's get into uh, Sunday. Your Sunday fun day has Iowa and Minnesota at one o'clock on Fox Sports One. On CBS at 1 o'clock, Michigan State at Ohio State. 
CBS is probably trying to figure out how to flex that thing well, out. Well, we need to talk about CBS's decision in basketball because, you know, last week they had the Ohio State-Michigan game. This week they got the Michigan State-Ohio State game. Next week they have the Ohio State at Purdue game. Now, the only saving grace out of those three games is that they're going to have the number one team in the country playing next week when they get the Boilermakers. But, you know, they when they put this schedule together, they just thought this was going to be a fantastic Ohio State team. And, and boy, these games of, uh, you know, what is this, the uh, ninth-place team versus the 12th-place team in the conference on Sunday on, on national television? Not not a great thing for CBS. Yeah, Purdue takes out Northwestern. That game is on BTN, 2 o'clock in Welsh Ryan. We get out to Monday, and guess who's playing on Monday, Jeff? Uh, that would be nobody. Yeah, come on, man. It's Monday. It's Get back to work. I just need to relax. I can't no come on watching watch football. I mean, come on. And you're killing me here. No, you'll put you'll put games on Sunday in front of the uh, in front of the Super Bowl. Yeah. But we can't put anything on Monday. No. Okay, all right. We get to Tuesday here. It's uh, Illinois at Penn State, seven o'clock on ESPNU. Nebraska and Rutgers not even going to be televised right now. I'm assuming Big Ten Network picks that up. I don't know. I- I'm showing it on Big Ten Network. Eight o'clock for that one, and then Michigan at Wisconsin at nine o'clock on ESPN two. Now That's- I got to ask you a question, Jared. Did you have like a a farewell party last night? Because I do believe that uh, that was la- Purdue's last appearance uh, in a Big Ten game on ESPN last night. As... No, I uh, I didn't uh, I didn't get into that. <laughs> I don't think anybody there. did, That's, to be honest uh, with you. We're, we're, I was I was good. They uh, they never treat Purdue very well on that station. I tell you what, like, their production so. quality has has went downhill yeah, over the years. But we'll see. Uh, Wednesday, it's Minnesota at Michigan State, Indiana at Northwestern, nine o'clock at Welsh Ryan. That's that's gonna be one of those games. I'm, uh, you, you wait and see for the Northwestern upset in that one. I'm telling you right now. I like. I'm, I'm taking Northwestern. Uh, I think Indiana goes up there and struggles to score. You wait and see. Well, I tell you what, as we mentioned, IU's got four road games coming up. It's going They're gonna all be tough games for them. Yeah, and then uh, that'll bring us around to next Thursday night. We're Purdue with a real big one at Maryland. Uh, we're thinking that maybe a share of the Big Ten title could be on the line at that point. Uh, at 6.30, uh, so a little bit early. What channel is that game on? Do you know? Uh, I don't have anything I don't scheduled for it, but if yeah. it's a 6.30, I would assume it's got to be Big Ten Network? Uh, either that or it could be FS1, I suppose. Yeah, it could be FS1, yeah. I suppose, too. So uh, that'll be uh, that'll be a huge one there. And then Ohio State at Iowa, 9 o'clock on ESPN2. And uh, there you go, Jeff. Uh, some consequential games this week uh, in determining that number two seed in the Big Ten Tournament. And also consequential games on whether or not Purdue will lock up the Big Ten later on over the next week. Hope for another big week for the Boilermakers, and uh, maybe this time next week we'll be uh, one game away from clinching this uh, this Big Ten championship. Yeah, outright too. I, what I called it last. What did I say last week? I said it was going to get down to the uh, Indiana game. I thought. And I thought maybe I'm going to be. It's, it's probably going to be the Ohio State game. Yeah, about right, so. but we were right. We we yeah. we we pinpointed it. We we're in the general vicinity there. Absolutely. So uh, good on you. So. Uh, there you go. All right. I want to thank Alan Karpik for being on with us here. Always does such a tremendous job. And go check out GoldenBlack.com. Look, you listen to this show, you know about GoldenBlack.com. Oh, for sure. Come on now. Coverage is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and thanks to uh, everybody over there. And uh, we want to give you a big thank you for uh, taking a listen today. 
Uh, our thoughts with uh, Nate Barrett couldn't be on the show with us today. So, uh, he is uh, suffering through uh, weather in Naples, hanging yeah, out hanging with Gene out Katie. With Coach Katie and yeah, thanks uh, for the pictures, the buddy. Yeah, we, we know how it is. Yeah. We didn't get invited to his hot chocolate day last week. Yeah, and now well, I think he had a tea time or something this morning, for probably. Sure. You know, and, and he just couldn't get out here and, and get the call in. So, and, and get the salute round to in. Nate. Hey, we'll be back again next Friday with another round of the Boiler Basketball Show here on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. We'll see you next week.